1: As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets
2: now. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be.
0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Oh, oh, welcome to the program. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. I was just talking to Paulie a couple minutes ago, and he says, wouldn't it be great if we just had one really big trade at the trade deadline? It's never as good as you think it is. There's, like, names that we try to attach. I'm hearing this could happen. And then the trade deadline passes, and then we go, "Yeah." But every year we do the same thing. We're like, oh, I don't know. I'm starting to hear. Hey, what if Kyle Lowry goes to the Lakers? What if Aaron Gordon goes? to Okay. If it happens, I, 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 I'll be surprised when it happens. But for the time being, I look at these trade deadlines and I go, <sighs> nothing really to see here. Just makes them up. Yeah. Well, some people do that. I'm here and download the DraftKings app. Use the promo code squad. Get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. The trade deadline later on this afternoon. And uh, we'll talk about what could happen and what probably will happen. That'll be coming up in a little bit. Got a play of the day, stat of the day. McLevin have a poll question here. NHL announced yesterday that referee Tim Peel will not be calling games now or in the future. That's kind of a polite way of saying you're fired. If you missed the story, Peel was caught on a broadcast saying that he wanted to call a penalty against Nashville early. His language was more colorful. It didn't help that the story blew up, but also a sign of the times because in every sport, officials used to be more colorful. When you go back in baseball, Joe West or Eric Gregg, Ed Hockley in the NFL, Joey Crawford in the NBA, colorful characters, they thought you were paying to see them. There's old school umpires and referees who probably had no problem with the profanity that was used by Tim Peel, but... It's a bigger issue now. Mics are catching everything. Players have more power. There's calls for transparency, more transparency because of legalized gambling. And all of this means that there's less tolerance, bad behavior. And unfortunately, it means Tim Peel will not work in the NHL again. We've been discussing this. We, We probably spent about 20 minutes on this this morning. We're just sitting around talking about it. I need a little more information here. I don't know what his reasoning or motivation was to say, "Hey, I'm going to call a penalty on the Predators." And and we did reach out. Fritzie reached out to Tim to see if he wanted to tell his story on the show. We have not heard back from him, but that offer still stands if he wants to join us and talk about this because I don't know what the context is. I have a 4-second clip where he's saying, "I want to, you know, I got to call a penalty on the Predators." What did he say prior to that? What happened prior to that? What did he say after that? What happened after that? Was he trying to police the sport? Was he trying to say, guys, I'm not going to let you get chippy or I don't like the direction of what's going on right now. I don't know any of those things. And I thought he would at least, now I know he's retiring this year, like in a month, but he still got fired. And I just want to have context what you said, how you said it, why you said it, when you said it, uh, had something happened with the predators before, a, you know, a previous game, whatever that is. I understand the sensitivity of this. I understand if you're the commissioner Gary Bettman, you, you you can't have any doubt when you go to a game about the officials. We've had doubts. I think we all feel like referees are out to get our player or our team. There's a bias I understand all of that. And they're human. I truly believe that you have baseball umpires who don't like certain players and may call the game accordingly. Consciously, subconsciously. I really feel that way. Not pretty, but it's real. They're, you, you can't go into the game. I know that they're professionals. They're told to be professionals. Act professional without having the human side of this. And if there's history, Joey Crawford threw Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, out of a game for laughing from the bench. Like, they're just, okay. How do you explain that? I mean, imagine if Joey Crawford said to another official, hey, if Duncan keeps laughing over there, I'm going to run it. Like, the personal side of this. That's what I want to know. Do I think that this happens without verbal acknowledgement? I do. And I've been doing this a long time. It's a strange story. I see both sides. Tim Peel could be saying, without saying it, you know, I'm going to stop this now. I don't like where this is going. I don't like what the Predators are doing. It's just, he said it. The verbal acknowledgement is what cost him his job. Do I think officials get together and they say things like this? Imagine this baseball game. You get ready to start the game. Let's say there's a fight, bench-clearing brawl. Three-game series, this is the last game. And you say to start the game to both managers... And both pitchers, I'm not putting up with any nonsense. So now I'm not calling the game as if it was just a standalone game. I'm bringing something into this. But if you say, hey, look, if Trevor Bauer throws inside, I'm running him. So both sides know this. Everybody knows this. And that's how you're going to umpire the game. Imagine if an umpire would say to another umpire, man, I'm sick and tired of this, you know, his nonsense out there. You know, I, I, I'm going to run him. Now that's different. That's you conspiring with another umpire. Then it's different. Do I think Tim Donaghy is a standalone rogue official in the NBA? I don't. Maybe I'm naive. But I don't think he was a standalone rogue official. They're human. Tim Peel made a mistake. He'll pay for it, but I think in fairness to him, I would love to know exactly what happened, what led up to it. Why did you feel that way? Why did you say that? Why did the other official agree with you? I just want the story. That's it. And they may not change my mind, but I think in fairness to these stories, all of it, all of these stories we cover in sports, Deshaun Watson Prime example. You've already made up your mind. I haven't. I just want to know what's involved here. The whole story, both sides of the story. And the same with something like this with Tim Peel, who lost his job. Deshaun Watson, who could go to prison. Varying degrees here of what's going on and listening to both sides of the story. And it's hockey and people may not care. But I look at this as, don't look at it as the sport of hockey. It could be any sport. It could be soccer in the Premier League. It could be baseball, basketball, college basketball. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock. They uh, carry this program all three hours. (sighs) Coming out hot today. Coming out hot. Yes, Paul. One little thing,
1: because you said you want more context. You want more story. The NHL's release when they fired Tim Peel said, quote, there's no justification for his comments, no matter the context or his intention. They have no interest in the context or releasing it or investigating it. Um, They they fired him within, I think, a day and a half of the game.
2: Yeah, 20, you know, the action came less than 24 hours after he officiated the game. They should actually do the opposite and make him do an interview or
1: have him do an interview so it it doesn't appear that it's gambling related.
2: Now, shortly after one of the players for Nashville was whistled for a tripping penalty on a Detroit player, the rink side TV microphone picked up the official Tim Peel saying, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a bleeping penalty against Nashville early. The NHL determined that the voice was Peels and said that the ref would no longer be working NHL games now or in the future. And then the NHL came out and said, you know, nothing's more important than ensuring the integrity of our game. Okay, I don't know if this is a makeup call. I don't know if this is a call to just, I want to establish, this happens in the NBA, happens in baseball, but an umpire or an official will warn you. A lot of times, you'll hear the officials say to a player, hey, I'm not putting up with that. Hey, I'm going to call that. Like, they will give you the benefit of the doubt. Not always, but players will tell you. Officials will give you a heads up. Hey, I'm going to call holding on that. All right? They they try to be fair to you, and they will give you a little bit of a heads up. I don't know what else happened here. I don't know if there was something that was so egregious where – Tim Peel missed a call and then said, I got to make up for it. Or to me, it feels like I'm not going to put up with any of this nonsense here between you guys. And, hey, it wasn't much, but I'm going to call it because I don't like the direction this game is going is. That's the feeling I had, but I don't know what else was said after that. That's the only piece of audio I've heard about with, you know, Tim Peel's voice attached to it. That's it. But he doesn't even get a hearing. It's like, nope. And I thought, okay, you take him off the ice. He doesn't uh, referee a game. You at least let him have his day. Like you send him into the penalty box as a referee. <laughs> oh. He got a timeout. But that's all. If it was another sport, imagine this is the NFL. It would be on national news. This would be huge. If you had an official who said to another official, you know what? I I'm I'm uh, I gotta. It's not that bad, but you know, he still he hit Brady again in the head, and uh, you know i I'm, I'm, I'm you know I gotta call it. I mean, we can fill in the dialogue, and then it would mean more if it was a different sport. This has happened in tennis, where you've had players who have thrown matches, or do you have you know an umpire who's on the tick? Like it, it, it's going to happen. The amount of money that's attached to this, it's only going to get worse. Because these officials are probably going to say, these guys are making all the money, and the league's making all the money, and here I am. I'm the one that's running the game here. Just look at the human side of this. What's it going to take? How much is it going to take? Hey, and plus in hockey, if I call a penalty... Let's say there's five power play opportunities for a team, and I call two of those in a game. That's a big advantage. In the NFL, I don't take a player off the field. In hockey, I send you to the bench. Power play goal. Now all of a sudden, if I have two of those, and you have, I'm responsible for two of the five, I could change the game. Yeah, Paul.
1: I had an idea years ago, instead of sending the player to the penalty box, he just has to play the shift without a stick. I mean, that would really be fast. he just skate around the I ice. I think you should
2: play without skates. Right, no skates. <laughs> yeah. That's a penalty. You're going to have a stick, but no skates there. Uh, where other vans stop short, Mercedes-Benz vans go far beyond. Love uh, the partnership here. Go the extra mile take the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. All right, so we spent a lot of time on this. And if you have thoughts on it, I'm open to it. 877-3DP-SHOW. I'd love to hear from a hockey official, referee. But, but really, in, in fairness to Tim Peel, until I hear something prior to or after, it kind of leaves me in limbo here. He could have the best intentions. He truly could. Because you could, you could do something without saying something, and I don't think anybody would have had a problem with that call that he had. All right, you know, it wasn't much, but I called it. I, you know, I'm worried about the flow of the game. I'm worried about what this is going to escalate into. You could say that to your fellow referees, you know, when you go off the ice after the first or second period. And just say, hey, you know, by the way, I called that just so you guys know, this is what I'm worried about. Okay, I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. But I think the language, I think he was careless in what he was saying and how he was saying it. Obviously didn't know that microphone was going to pick him up, but I would like to know more, more conversation dialogue that was had. there. That's all just, just to be fair to it. Uh, let's see, Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback will join us. Always love Albert. He always gives me information and, uh, I just want to, the biggest thing I want to talk to him about is what's going on with Green Bay. Green Bay and the Jets. And I have some information on the Jets that I got last night, and I'll have that for you coming up, about what they're going to do with the number two pick, or at least what is being discussed with the people I talked to, one of my sources. I have that for you coming up. But also, what is Green Bay doing? Because I didn't like the Jordan Love pick. You went up to get him, and now you get him... And now I have Aaron Rodgers, the, uh, you know, you know, the MVP, the defending MVP. At some point, the advantage of having Jordan Love is his rookie contract. Well, how many years do you have Jordan Love before you say we got to play him because that helps us as opposed to spending 40 million dollars on our quarterback, even though our quarterback is better than the player that we're going to eventually put in there and i was told last night by a source i that my source said i would be shocked if aaron rodgers is on the packers after this next season that's that's pretty big stuff restructure the deal what's that mean for aaron rodgers it just feels like you got the packers have one eye on the future one eye on the present and the present is present is aaron The future is Jordan Love. But when do you make the future your present? When do you put Jordan Love in there? And when do you send Aaron Rodgers packing? Why am I drafting Jordan Love if I'm not going to play him? Right? I drafted him because it's a rookie contract. Maybe Aaron Rodgers stays. Maybe plays another three years. I, I don't think he will. Because I just look at the business side of this. But just... That's some information that, you know, I'm curious what Albert will tell me on that. And the other part is what the Jets are going to do at uh, number two, number two overall. Yeah, McLevin. That's crazy.
3: If uh, Aaron Rodgers, as well as he's playing, it just is like, if I'm a Packers fan, I'm like, and I hear you say that. I'm like, what? I
4: know. How can, how can I know. Let him go.
2: I said the same thing. I text you guys as soon as I, I got off the phone with this source. And I went, what? And I said, "Fritzy," I said, you know, see if somebody will join us, just talk about this because... I got Aaron Rodgers playing at a very high level. It just feels like if you're the Packers and you made this investment, can you just admit you made a mistake? I mean, really? Can you just say, you know what, on second thought, we have a guy who is playing at a level that very few in the history of the sport have ever played. I think they were surprised that Aaron Rodgers played as well as he did. I I, I truly believe that. Because remember the year before, it was a down year for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, for him it was. Uh, Friction between him and the coach. Hey, we got to get a new philosophy here. We want to have an offense more like San Francisco's offense. These are all these things they were talking about. Yeah, Paul.
1: You know what needs to happen in Green Bay? Same thing that happened when they took Jimmy Garoppolo, I think in the second round out of Eastern Illinois, the Patriots. And Brady, did he get suspended? And that's why uh, Garoppolo played? I think it was the suspension. Garoppolo was, I think, three and one. filling in, which is just enough of a sampling to get a trade partner. They need Aaron Rodgers to miss two games for any reason. Jordan loved to play really well, and then they trade him. Mm. That would be ideal.
2: All right, we'll take a break. We'll get to phone calls, and uh, we'll talk to Albert Breer from the Monday Morning Quarterback. uh, Frank Isola from uh, the S Network covering the NBA. We're still... We don't know what's going on. And I look at New Orleans when I watch New Orleans play, and you got Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, and I go, You got a pretty good nucleus here. And even Lonzo Ball, who's young and playing well. And I go, Why aren't they winning? And now they're talking about trading Lonzo Ball. So we'll talk to Frank a little bit later on. And is Kyle Lowry on his way out? Will it be Miami? Would it be the Lakers, the 76ers? That's coming up. 877 uh, 3dp show email address dp at danpatrick.com Twitter handle at dp show fired up on this Thursday we'll be back after this Dan Patrick show uh, I've been telling you about built bar for quite some time now now I noticed out in the mail room out in the mail room we have the built bars so I put it out there so it's for consumption by everybody on the show we don't play any favorites doesn't matter who it is. Could be Rob, the intern. It could be Fritzy. It could be me. I just put built bars out there. I came in yesterday afternoon and I realized there were two built bars out there. That was all that was left after a couple of packages. And I went in and then I found that I had a private stash and I brought it out this morning, being the team player that I am. Yes, Todd.
3: Now, you're being generous with uh, putting them out or are you setting up some kind of trap? I know no, we've got no. a lot of no.
2: cameras around here. <sighs> Well, no, the cameras are out there. the cheese for the mouse instead of a Built Bar. No, no, here's the problem. When you don't take a piece of cheese, you take the wheel.
5: I do take the entire wheel. You take the
2: whole thing of cheese. I'm very greedy that way. BuiltBar.com, promo code DP10 at checkout. 10% off your order. Amazing new flavor. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app,
6: all in one app with one password. Prime Video, it's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply, Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazonprime for details.
1: If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could.
2: They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, to their five-star sales service financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz vans build-equipped, engineered to be ready for anything, go the extra mile by taking that all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Before we get to Albert Breer, let me just tell you, uh, talking to a source last night, and uh, I'm just curious what's going to happen with the Jets. And I said, Do you think the Jets will go with Zach Wilson? And my source said, It's too early to be giving up on Darnold, especially with a team around him, but the GM didn't draft him. Uh, I would think that they're hoping to trade out. There are a lot of people who really like Wilson in striking distance for the second pick. The Jets could really improve with a deal with numerous picks. Uh, he also says, They have a good amount of cap space. New head coach will listen to the front office. I think picks is what they would prefer to do, but was told. If there isn't a blockbuster deal involving that second pick overall, the GM will take Wilson, who he thinks is great. Let's bring in Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, and, of course, lead content strategist for the Monday morning quarterback. Where do you think we stand with the Jets there, Albert?
3: I think they're still open to moving Darnold. I think if somebody had given them their price, they may may have moved him already. And I think that price is probably around a second-round pick and something else. Uh, maybe in between like what um, the the Niners got for Alex Smith all those years ago, which was two twos and what the Cardinals got for Josh Rosen um, in 2019, which is a two and a five. Um, so, you know, I think they're still, you know, very open to, to, to listening to offers. Eight teams have called them on Sam Darnold. So there has been some level of interest um you know and i think for the the new gm um joe douglas who's been there for a couple years now actually the new coach uh, robert sala um, you know, really the ideal for them was to be able to see the quarterbacks throw live and get all of their medicals before moving darnold or making a final decision to move darnold and zach wilson throws tomorrow justin fields throws next week so um by the time we get to the middle of next week the jets are going to have seen everyone throw live And I think they're going to have a better idea of what they're looking at with the BYU quarterback, with the Ohio State quarterback. they've obviously already seen uh, Trey Lance throw. So I still think the likelihood is they take Zach Wilson and find a way to move Sam Darnold. Um, But they've been trying to, I think, like kind of, I guess, maintain some level of flexibility here until they actually get to see these guys throw. And it's important to remember, Dan, too, it's a very different year scouts really weren't on the road in the fall there was no combine so you know joe douglas physically has not been eye to eye with zach wilson or justin fields yet and making a final decision on one of those guys without actually being able to size them up, you know, with your own eyes to tie your job security to that guy, which is what you're doing if you take a quarterback second overall. It's a scary thing to do. So these are an important couple of days ahead for the Jets.
2: But also leverage wise that you don't want to chip your hand if you're the Jets, that Mm -hmm. you still want to have that mystery of are we keeping Darnold? Uh, Do you want that number two pick? If you trade Darnold, then everybody knows what you're doing with the number two pick.
3: Right. And I, I think they I mean—they still really like Darnold, you know, like that's the thing about it. They really do like Sam. Um, you know, I, I think they just feel like at this point, they either have to go all in on him or cut the cord. Um, and, and really that's logistically where they are in the contract, you know, after three years, you know, the way these contracts work with um, with first round picks, that's where the decision point comes. That's when you have to make a decision on the fifth year option. Um, These guys become eligible for long term deals at the same time. So, you know, you're sending a signal what you think of the guy after year three because you have to make the decision on the fifth year option. You have to make a decision on whether or not to extend him. And so that's sort of why I think they are where they are with Sam. Would they like to see him for a couple more years? Sure. You know, like if they had him at a good rate, that'd be fine the fact is they're going to they'd have to pay him almost 20 million dollars to keep him in 2022 which makes that decision i i think a little more difficult but you know to your point i you know maintaining you know the the, the mystery till draft day i might be the smart move it's what the cardinals did right like yeah the cardinals wouldn't I wouldn't tip their hand to anybody. Now, I think some of us knew that Kyler Murray was probably going to be the pick um, for a couple weeks leading up to that draft, but they held on to Josh Rosen all the way up until draft day and didn't move him actually until the day after they took Kyler Murray.
2: I was also told by a source the safest pick in the draft, aside from Trevor Lawrence. Do you want to guess?
3: Besides Trevor Lawrence? Yes. Kyle Pitts.
2: Patrick Sertan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Said that. That's That's
3: interesting. I, I like Sertan's interesting in that he's got NFL bloodlines. He's like his tape is like very, very clean. What they say about Sertan is that maybe he doesn't have the ceiling that Virginia Tech's Caleb Farley or South Carolina's JC Horn have. Like he's not quite the freak athlete that those guys are. But I think, I mean, I think whoever told you that, Dan, I I 100% see what they're saying because, um, you know, he's sort of, I I mean, just, I mean, I I, I can't imagine you find too many NFL people that would look at him and not think, this guy's a 10-year starter in the league. Now, will he become Darrell Revis? You know, maybe Horn or Farley have a better chance of being that sort of player, but I don't think there's any question that there's a consensus that Sertan's going to step into the NFL and be a really solid player.
2: All right, explain to me what's going on with Green Bay, because it feels like it's either something good for Aaron Rodgers or it's something bad for Aaron Rodgers.
3: Yeah, well, I, I think all the talk of the, um, you know, the of the renegotiation, and I think one thing we all have to remember here, when when players restructure their contracts, they're really not giving up anything, right? um they're basically moving money around and sometimes they're getting the cash in their pocket faster which can help the team from a cap standpoint that's all that's really happening in most of these cases there are cases where there are pay cuts this isn't going to be one of those and there are in a lot of cases um you know triggers in the in the in in the player's contract where they can do these things automatically i think that the packers if they're going to restructure aaron Rodgers, they're going to go to him first And to me, like this would seem to be like an elegant solution, right? Like if you go to Aaron Rodgers and you say, "Okay, like we're going to continue building the team that we've built and we're going to we're not going to veer off of the way that we've tried to put this whole thing together. But we're going to work with you. So we're going to restructure you. We're going to get some money in your pocket a little bit earlier. Than, than you would have gotten it otherwise. And we're going to use the cap savings to go add player X, player Y, or player Z. To me, like that, that would be a very elegant way of addressing the concern that Aaron Rodgers has that the Packers aren't working with enough urgency, working with, say, the urgency the Chiefs have with Patrick Mahomes or the Buccaneers have with Tom Brady, and, and saying, like, okay, like we've got X amount of cap space. We're going to work with you to try and improve the team but we're still not going to veer off of what our principles have been in putting this whole thing together.
2: But I, at some point, what are the Packers doing with Jordan Love? Because the, the benefit is the rookie contract, but mm-hmm. we don't know if he can play. And at some yeah. point, don't either you admit you made a mistake or you, you say to Aaron Rodgers after next year, Aaron, thank you, but now we got it. I mean, this is the reason why you moved up in the draft to get him in the first mm-hmm. place.
3: I think the comparison that you want to look at here, like everybody out there listening wants to look at, was the Patriots drafting Jimmy Garoppolo in 2014. When the Patriots took Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady was getting older. He wasn't pleased with his contract situation. And like I think the Patriots knew that was going to go up Tom Brady's tailpipe. At that point, one (laughs) of two things was going to happen, right? Okay. Either A... Tom Brady was going to be reinvigorated and challenged and play at the top of his game or B Brady was going to age and they were going to have a guy in place to replace him. I think the exact same thing applies here. I think the logic for the Packers in taking Jordan love last year was identical. You, You, you bring him in, right. And you hope that maybe where the relationship's gotten a little strained. Now you get a super motivated player. What happened? He was the MVP of the league. Right. And so like you get this super motivated player and going forward now, you also have the potential successor on the roster. And so if he falls off at all over the next two or three years, well, then, you know, you've got a tough decision to make, but at least you're not in the wilderness looking for a a quarterback. You've got an answer there on the roster. And like, what's the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario, I like and I don't even want to call this the worst case scenario I mean in Brady's case what happened Brady keep kept beating Garoppolo out I mean Belichick started to build a team for Garoppolo. like the Brandon Cooks trade when they trade for Brandon Cooks that was for Jimmy Garoppolo that was a receiver that fit Jimmy Garoppolo's skill (laughs) set and Brady kept playing at the level that he had been playing um, you know over the course of the first 15 years of his career after the Jimmy Garoppolo trade Tom Brady won three Super Bowls in five years and the Patriots wound up having to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. So that would be like, I mean, like to me, it's like it's either a Rogers ages out and you've got Jordan Love on the roster to replace him or B Rogers plays his ass off. And now all of a sudden, two years from now, you're you're in a position where maybe you have to think about trading Jordan Love.
2: Albert Breer, the uh, senior NFL reporter for uh, the MMQB. I was wondering about the Texans situation with Deshaun Watson. I don't know what they knew and when they knew it. Because let's say in January they knew that this was lurking. This was on the horizon. Or they didn't know. Imagine if they had traded him in January. I know. And then it came out now, Albert, that did the Texans know? Uh, Like, could you void a deal like I, I I don't know. I'm just curious about the timing of all of this and what the Texans knew, and that they didn't you know trade him at that time,
3: yeah, i you know I have a hard time with it too, because I'm not sure what they knew either. and I think it's hard to have a take on this because um either a um if you have a hard, if you have a take on it, you either a, you're indicting Watson, which isn't fair, especially considering. You know what sort of citizen he's been um prior to all of this um both as a college player and as a pro player um or your b not taking the allegations seriously enough and so you know i think we have to let this play out um i wish i could tell you what the Texans knew in december january i haven't gotten any indication that they knew this was coming okay um and i i think that the like nick casario I mean, I could tell you what Nick Casario has told teams when they've called on Deshaun Watson, which is basically, you can ask me about any player on the roster except the quarterback. Um, So they flat out haven't made him available. If they had an inkling that there was trouble coming down the line, maybe they would have. I'm not sure. Mm. But I do know that this puts everybody in a really difficult spot because the Texans cannot justify moving on from a 25-year-old franchise quarterback without getting a historic haul in return. And on the flip side of it, if you're the Broncos or the Panthers or the Jets or the Dolphins or the Niners at this point, can you part with a historic haul to get Deshaun Watson without clarity on this situation? I've talked to a couple teams that are involved in this, Dan, that have said flat out, no, like we can't do it right now. We have to wait. And, and because our owner's not going to let us do it. And we don't, I, we can't put our jobs on the line that way. So we have to kind of let this thing play out and get some clarity on the situation before we go forward. So, you never say never, because, you know, maybe something happens um, and somebody takes a wild swing at Deshaun Watson, thinks they can get a bargain now, and the Texans feel like it's time to move on. I don't know. I, but, I i mean, for the most part, I, like, the way I see it and people I've talked to over the last week about this, I think it effectively is going to freeze the trade market for Deshaun Watson.
2: But if the season was starting, he would be on the commissioner's exempt list, I'm guessing.
3: Yeah. Right? I mean, I would think so. I would think but so. But why I mean, isn't I, he now? because he doesn't have to be because the committee because the league okay the league right now doesn't have to make a big deal out of this because there's nothing going on you know like there's no i mean he he can't like off-season programs and we don't know if they're going to start but the Texans off-season program can't start till a week from monday so you know i i think the way the league sort of proceeded in cases like this more recently, um, you know, and there was that time when, you know, it was, you know, commissioner, you know, the commissioner was sort of like the the hammer in these sorts of cases. And I think that they've taken going back maybe to Antonio Brown, they've taken like a little bit more of a rehabilitative um, stance in these things than a punitive stance. And so I think they've been sort of careful to punish players when they don't necessarily have to. Um, and I think at this point. I, the, the league stance and it probably would be for right now at least we don't have to do anything now if we're going to open up offseason programs on April 5th which is a possibility for teams with new coaches the Texans fit into that category maybe at that point we have to do something and say something but I mean like even then we know Deshaun Watson is not going to show up you yeah. know <laughs> we've already ha- we've already established that so I, I think the league hasn't done anything at this point because really they don't have to do anything.
2: Uh, I'll leave you with this uh, talking to a source. He said there is an outlier who's going to come up to the top five. Somebody's coming into the top five in the draft. Now, if I say that, what would be the team that would be the outlier that you think might be trying to get into the top five, even higher, I'm told? Mm -hmm. Who would that be? Okay.
3: So like, I think everybody knows Co- Carolina is very quarterback ha- hungry, right? So they're not now, no, it's aren't. not them. No. <laughs> yeah. No. It's not them because we know that they're I I've been told their owner is quote unquote obsessed with getting a quarterback. So, um, I'll give you two teams, Dan, um, that I think like people maybe aren't talking as much about, um, one would be the new England Patriots because they built up their roster to a point where, um, where I feel like they, 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 they don't have as many holes, you know, like that they have to fill as they had maybe two weeks ago. And like, although Bill's history is to trade down, he has taken opportunities to move up in the past. Um, and if you remember in 2012, they traded up twice to get Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower. So when they see something they think is really special, they'll go and get it. The other team that I think is lurking out there is the Denver Broncos. Um, I think the Broncos, could get aggressive with a quarterback if they see one that they really believe is a superstar and so maybe they're the team that jumps from nine to three to go get like a justin fields and part of the reason why they've got a new general manager and george payton who isn't tied to drew lock if you think about it there are major league questions about whether or not there's going to be any um first round quarterback prospects in the 2022 draft so, if you're a first year GM, you're looking at it right now. Maybe you're lukewarm on Drew Locke and you say, okay, if we don't get one this year and there isn't going to be one next year, now I could be going into year three as a general manager, still looking for my guy. And so I just keep an eye on the Denver Broncos maybe getting aggressive there within the top 10.
2: By the way, I don't have the answer. I was just told that there is an outlier that, you know. Would
3: Denver qualifies an outlier? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. I would think so. San Francisco would uh, qualify San
3: Francisco's is another one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think San Francisco, <laughs> I think San Francisco is tied to Jimmy until they can find what they feel <laughs> like it, until they can find yes. what they feel like is a significant upgrade. And I've been consistent on that. I don't think they're moving. They were never moving off of Jimmy for, they're not moving off of Jimmy for Gardner Minshew. If Gardner Minshew is coming in there, it's as a depth piece because they feel like they need better depth, at that position. Um, but, like, I've maintained this all along. Like, I really feel like if there was a significant upgrade, they would consider it.
2: Great to talk to you again, Albert. Thanks for uh, joining us. All right, thanks, Dan. That's Albert Breer, the Senior NFL Reporter League Content Strategist for the MMQB. Our play of the day is up next here on The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app,
6: All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
1: If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could.
0: Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice, and you should really just try it for yourself.
1: Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right-brand bacon in you. Get upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right-brand bacon.
2: Oh, my God. The play, the play. of the day.
4: Put left, side got going to play it and play it. This is the
2: play of the day. Check this out. Once again, Lou Williams, one bucket away from 15,000 career points, holds at the far side wing. Puts it between his legs, crossover on Jones.
4: Gets a screen to his left from Zubots. Williams, the pump fake, the jumper from 20. Oh, yeah!
3: Lou Williams, 15,000 career points for the Underground Goals.
2: Play of the day. Play of the day. AM 570, LA Sports, Clippers Radio Network. Play of the day brought to you by Built Bar. Actually enjoyable to eat, a protein bar. Imagine that, BuiltBar.com, promo code DP10, 10% off your order, BuiltBar.com. I was curious, you know, Lou Williams has only started 121 games in his career. Over the last 35 years, that's the most total points scored by any player with fewer than 200 career starts. Second on that list is Steph Curry's dad, Del Curry, uh, he's about 2,300 points behind Lou Williams. So, uh, Lou, some players are just better coming off the bench like that. You you know, take advantage of the uh, second team uh, when you bring somebody like that off the bench. But 121 starts in his career. Also, I I want you to know when I said Aaron Rodgers and person I was talking to last night that they would be surprised, shocked that if Rodgers is there the following season... I, I, I'm not here to ruin Green Bay's day. I'm just giving you, that's a conversation I had last night. This is a guy who knows the league, but it's not a, I'm shouting for the mountaintops reporting this. It's just, that's the conversation I had last night. And we had conversations about a variety of things, but you know, we got around Aaron Rodgers, the restructuring of his deal. And I said, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. And he said, I, I'd be surprised because at some point you have to make way for Jordan love because You don't want to all of a sudden say, Jordan Love, you're now our starting quarterback, and by the way, your contract's up, and now we have to give you a new contract. He hadn't done anything yet. At least with the Patriots and Jimmy Garoppolo, Brady was suspended. Garoppolo came in and played pretty well, although then he got hurt, but based off of that, he got got traded, and you were able to get something from San Francisco there, whether that was enough for you For Jimmy G, but you know they were able to showcase him. You almost have to have a situation where Aaron Rodgers is not playing for Jordan Love to play, for you to see what you have. Yeah, Paul.
1: When Brady was suspended, not only did uh, Garoppolo play a couple games, Jacoby Brissett played a couple games, and that he parlayed that into a starting job in Indy.
2: Uh, Brian in Utah joins us. Hey, Brian.
0: Curious on your thought.
3: I'm just curious, Stan. Are Are the Packers telling you exactly who they are? Didn't we go through this that Brett Favre was 13-3 and three in the NFC Championship game, groomed Aaron Rodgers, and moved on from Brett Favre? Is the same situation going on here?
2: I don't know, Brian, I, I, and I appreciate the phone call. I'm still trying to sort this out of they're asking Rodgers to do something, restructure his deal. Free agency's over. If, if I was going to ask him to restructure his deal, wouldn't I do it so I could take advantage of free agency? That was what I was just trying to figure out. And that's why we had Albert Breer on. I don't have the answers to this. And it's just one person's opinion of eventually Green Bay is going to move on from Aaron Rodgers. That's why you traded up to get Jordan Love. Or they, they eventually have to say, we made a mistake with Jordan Love. Right? Eventually. Uh, Colin in Ohio. Hey, Colin. Hey, guys.
3: Uh, second back row, I want to get let's start
1: out there first. Um, I'm a writer for and so I was watching the game that Tim Peel was officiating uh, the other night. One of the thing, reasons why it was such a big deal is because the, the penalty that he called was not a penalty. He called tripping on Victor Arvidsson,
6: and then they watched the replay, and even the color commentators like Chris Mason said, there's no way that's tripping. I mean, there was no contact whatsoever. So to have him say what he said after making that call
1: and then you know fans saying that it was not a penalty whatsoever, I think it's kind of added fuel to the
2: fire. All right. We still don't understand the context of it. Thank you, Colin. What happened prior to that? Was there something in the first period? And, you know, we've asked for the NHL if uh, they want to comment. They said, no, they said their statement stands on its own, which is fine. That doesn't clear it up. Did something happen in the first period? Was the game progressing in a way that Tim Peay didn't like it? That's all. I mean, if there was nothing other than, hey, I'm going to play God here, and I'm going to take over the game, and I'm going to call this for whatever reason, okay, that's one thing. I'm just trying to figure out the context of it. That's all. One hour in the books, two more to go here, Dan Patrick Show. Close out the first hour with Simply Safe Home Security. I actually had somebody in my family tree who was questioning Simply Safe. They said, well, we hear you talk about it. Is it Simply Safe? I said, yeah, it's simple because you order it online. comes right to your house. No electrician, no technician. You do it in 30 minutes or less. And then you have the professionals who take over monitoring your home. If there's any problems, they're sending help right away. No contracts to sign. No hidden fees. No pushy salespeople. Their monthly fee. I don't think that's changed in a decade since they've been advertising with us. Partnering with us. SimplySafeDan.com. Get a hold of them today. You customize your system. And they'll throw in a free security camera. 60-day risk-free trial. So there's nothing to lose there. But you put in what you want, and you're going to be able to arm your house the way you feel safe and secure with Simply Safe. SimplySafedan.com. Customize your home, get that free security camera. SimplySafedan.com.
0: With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
6: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
4: (gasps)